way. It's affected my life. God used you guys in my life. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars, and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Whether it's shaking at the Lord's presence, prison doors being shaken, or God shaking the whole earth from which no one will escape, there are many verses that talk about shaking. So we'll look at shaking things up financially around the world, as well as seeing if a shaking of the earth through earthquakes is supposed to signal that someone's Messiah is getting closer. Those are just some of the signs of the times, our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, February 18th, 2022. Today's live broadcast will magically turn into Podcast 203 and will be available through most popular podcasting sources or just go right to the source, the Way Media app or the waymedia.net to listen, share, or subscribe. And it's the only place where you can read the articles we discuss. And now, here to help us make biblical sense out of the world's nonsense is Pastor Mark, who always encourages me not to be afraid to talk to myself, because it's the only way I can be sure that someone is listening. Yes, I love that. That's good. I often said... Is it good advice? I often said, you know, I talk to myself because nobody else will. There you go. And I really like the fact that you say we become magically... What is the word you said? Magically. Magically magically what? Turned into podcast. Magically, the show becomes magically delicious. Yes. Rabbi podcasts are for our listeners. Yes. Silly Rabbi. Remember that? Yes. Magically delicious. If you know the Lucky Charms... I'm trying to make my own joke. It's not working. I liked your joke better, but Lucky Charms (laughs) was magically delicious. Aren't they the ones that had that? Anyway, yes, I'm sorry. Well, I, again, once yeah. again, I sidetrack. Prophecy your charms. Yes, prophecy charms. There you go. They're magically delicious. <laughs> there you go. How about that? Yeah, good counsel. I'm sure we violated some sort of marketing yes, issue. Talk to yourself, Greg, and I'll probably yes. be talking to myself a lot today because by now they've well, changed the radio. Well, you know, <laughs> when, you know it, it's kind of like the T-shirt. If you see me talking to myself, I'm just getting expert advice. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> so, folks, thanks for joining us for the next hour. We are actually going to get into prophecy. This is not a comedy show because if it is, we would be taken off the air That's immediately. Right. That's right. You've got okay. Mail. Before we get to our first prophecy question, I want to give a shout out to Alex Shipman. Alex, if you're listening, you emailed us a question. We tried to reply to get more information, but your email domain blocked us. Uh oh. Yes. Uh-oh. So, Alex, try another email address to use instead of the one that you used uh, during the day there. All right. Uh, Pastor Mark, uh, this question comes from, uh, now, I don't know, is it Maricel or Maricel? Do we roll well, the R there? Do well, we not roll the R? I, would I don't say, know. I would say in the South, it's Maricel. I would okay. say if you're, if you're speaking a Spanish speaker, it's Maricel. Okay. There we go. So, we'll, let's reach both. Okay. All right. Her question is, what can Christians do to prepare and survive the fall and replacement of the financial system? And she says this, since a one world financial system is coming soon, when it does come, what should believers do since they know and are awake to the knowledge that this financial system means being owned? And since we know that this system will lead to the eventually the Antichrist move of the forced mandate of taking the number of the beast are christians banding together offensively and defensively to prepare for this are we to create our own financial systems so that we can function during an oppressed time like this which seems to be around the corner yeah uh, well again a great question and i would agree and i think that we are right around the corner from seeing a lot of moves by the spirit of antichrist and the um, uh, um, the antichrist taking over if you will 
Uh, we see all the signs. The Bible says it's going to happen. Jesus said it was going to happen. But getting back to the question, you know, t- this is a great question, Marcel. And you know what? I've actually gotten this now. I think it's the third time in the last week or two. So I know there's a lot of people out there thinking about this. And maybe not this exact question, but this was certainly part of it. And really kind of, I guess if I can sum this up in the questions I'm getting, Greg, is what do we do as Christians when we see all these things happening in the world? How do we prepare so that we can be ready for it. And so I want to get us recentered and take a moment to talk about this and spend some time and maybe even kind of use this as a springboard into some things that are happening globally. But, you know, let me just say this. The Bible gives us biblical principles about how we're to conduct ourselves financially and in planning in every area of life. And um, we don't know exactly how things are going to come down uh, with the Antichrist. We know there's going to be a one-world economy. I think digital is pretty much going to be a given as to how this is going to happen as far as the financial system. Uh, we know there's going to be control, I mean, literally total control. Once they do the digital uh, marking of the digital system of money, uh, they can shut our funds off and on any way they want. They can limit what we buy, what we don't buy. They literally can control every person's life on the planet. If all you have is digital money and everything is from a centralized a digital location system as far as the, the Internet goes, controlling all of that. In addition to that, we know that at some point he will also implement the mark that we talked about, the mark of the beast. The Antichrist has talked about in Revelation doing that. Um, and so you won't be able to buy or sell without that. So it'll show whether you've you know logged into the system. So we are heading toward a total control environment. So let me just say, first of all. Well, can, well let, let's let rephrase that for okay. a minute, Pastor Mark. The world is heading towards go. a total control. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But believers are heading in a different path. That's right. You're right. And, yeah. and again, so so yeah. we don't know how far we're going to go into that until God takes us out of here. So yeah. we do need to be prepared. There's wisdom, and we need to be prepared. But really, it's not kind of like there's not really a one answer, uh, answers all, such as do this with your money, do that with that. Um, you know, because uh, we have to follow biblical principles because we don't know how it's going to come down. For example, if you were going to miss the rapture and be here during the Great Tribulation, I would say store up as much grain as you can in large granaries because there's going to be famines. So you would have food and you'd be able to feed the planet. You make lots of money, but you'd be rich during the Great Tribulation and then you'd miss the rapture and you'd die and suffer. So that's not a good financial plan. <laughs> I say that, you know, you know, tongue in cheek. Yeah. yeah. So the point is, what do we do when it comes to this? Because we want to be wise with our money. Now, first of all, let me say this. The biblical principle I'll give you, then we're going to talk about what the Lord said um, um, overall what to do in, in, I guess, when we look at life and not knowing what's going to happen and our following of him. Um, scripture says this, a lot of people are worried about, you know, what should we do? The Bible says to distribute your money wisely in different areas and plan in different areas. So I would say, let's expand this beyond financial, but we'll start with financial. For example, we don't know what's going to happen financially, so you want to have your money kind of, if you can, if you're a person that can do that, maybe a little bit in real estate, maybe a little bit here, a little bit there. The Bible talks about casting your bread on the water in seven places. You know, you don't know what's going to develop and come back and this kind of thing. So it's just basic principles of being wise with your money. Um, and if you're thinking, well, regardless of the time that we live in, I mean, these exactly. are principles for life, period. And Greg, that, that brings it back to where I'm going to get to kind of centralize things. Just stay on the mark and keep doing what you would do. Yeah. We, we don't know when it's going to go digital. We don't know if it does go digital, how we can protect our money. You know, again, the idea of it going digital. Yes. Could they, could we go digital and they remove some of our funds and, and give us a digital equivalent that we don't know what they've done or whatever? Yes. But if that happens, it happens to the whole world across the board. You say, yeah, but I can get around that by buying gold. Well, you could buy a little bit of gold, and then after the market goes digital, buy back into it and maybe have a little bit more. But you can't buy enough gold to live the rest of your life, and you certainly can't have gold coins to go buy your bread with and all your shopping because we don't operate off that system. Um, You know, people have talked about storing all kinds of things up that you could trade or whatever. Well, doesn't the Bible even talk about in Revelation that they're going to be throwing their gold into the streets? So at some point... Even the gold is going to become worthless. You're right. Now, again, we could we could kind of make an argument say that appears to be during the Great Tribulation. tribulation. So gold could have some value. But if you're planning on staying for the long haul, yeah, here's the, you've got some post-trib people. Yes, so. here's the bottom line. The answer is not in buying piles of gold. The answer is not in buying piles of silver. The answer is not in store, stockpiling piles of food. The answer is not in storing up piles of whatever. Use wisdom, think ahead, and be balanced. Okay, uh, we'll get to why we don't need to panic as Christians. Jesus has made promises to us. I want to cover here in just a moment for the believer. But I want to say this. Are there practical things we can do, Marcel, to get back to your question? I wouldn't go and just transfer all my money into something else panicking that it's going to go into digital. 
But I would do things like this. You might want to have a little bit of extra food out in your garage, maybe a month's worth of extra beans and rice and water and some things. If there's an emergency, that gives you a month of dried goods that you can cook and make meals with while everyone's thinking, okay, what's our next move, okay? Uh, The next thing you can do, if you can afford it, buy a generator. If power goes out for a week, you can keep your food in the fridge going. Uh, A couple weeks, you can run it as long as you can get a hold of gas. Or if you have natural gas at your house that you can hook up to a natural gas, you know, I've got a generator. I can use natural gas or regular gas. But I don't plan on living my life on a generator. I mean, I want to be able to plug it in. If my gasoline runs out and, and all the pumps are empty, I can plug it into my wall that goes to my, uh, my, my, uh, you know, my, my grill, and I can run it from that, again, for a while. But that's temporary. That's limited. So, uh, you know, you have a little bit of cash on hand, maybe. Maybe you don't have it all in the bank. Have a little bit of cash on hand so that if the money is still have some value, if they shut everything down, you've got maybe two or $3,000 on hand, and, and you can buy some good things for a month or whatever. You can survive. So these are general things. Be thinking about what are some things I can do to carry me on for a month or two here while we see what's going to happen. And and if, if it goes beyond that, and again, we have to trust the Lord, and we trust the Lord even if it doesn't go beyond that. First of all, trust in the Lord is the foundation we have to have. But we do need to have some wisdom. The Bible says if you see trouble coming and don't make plans, then that's not wise. So make plans, but you can't plan. For example, Joseph, he planned for seven years for a famine, but he also got a divine dream from God telling him it was going to happen. God put him as the second most powerful person in the world, so he had those resources to do it. Mm-hmm. And God used him to supply for the world in this region during that time. You know, that that's the extreme, okay? We can't do that. But, Greg, even if we could do the extreme and plan for seven years like Joseph, if it goes for 10, you've got three years with nothing. See, you can't, you can't beat what's going to happen in the world. So what you do is you plan for immediate emergency. You, you spread out your finances. You spread out your wisdom. If you have the resources to buy, say, if you have a lot of resources, get a little bit in different areas. If you have small resources, you have a little bit of cash on hand, buy some supplies for whatever, that kind of thing. And then so there's wisdom there, but then we trust God. And that's the bottom line. God has promised to take care of us. And Greg, what I've seen with a lot of this is I think some people are afraid and some people that go to the extremes, they're wanting to buy huge, those that have a lot of money, for example, huge stockpiles of stuff, huge stockpiles of gold, whatever, go down the list. And there may be some benefit to having some of those things. But it's interesting when we talk about what did Jesus say about how the believers to conduct ourselves in times like this. And remember the setting. We talked about this earlier. This was when the church was born, when Jesus came on the scene, the Roman Empire had just been born. It was a worldwide empire. Okay? We're going to see that again in the last days. As a matter of fact, I believe the beginnings of it are already happening. So you had a worldwide empire with Rome. They controlled all things. Um, they eventually um, you know, took over the whole church and persecuted it, which we'll get to in just a moment. But they were facing the same things then that some people are worried about today. And so what, did, what is the instruction that Jesus gave them at the beginning of this Roman Empire? This would be the same instruction we should have today at the beginning of the revived Roman Empire with the world about to be taken over again. And listen to what he said in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 24. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. So first of all, you shouldn't be focused on what about what do I do about my money? You know, we want to be wise, but we want to focus on God because you can't serve God and money, but you want to be wise with your money. We know that balance the scripture gives, but your focus should be first and foremost on God with some type of limited wise planning on what to do for your family and your finances. And I gave you some ideas just a moment ago, uh, not to go overboard, but evenly distributed with the wisest you can do and, and the amount you have to work with. And by the way, and I'll keep going on this in just a moment, you know, the church came together, Greg, in Rome when they went through difficult times, which will, again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, they they banded together and they took care of each other. I think we're going to see the same type of environment as the closer we get to the second coming of the Lord or the rapture of the church. But let me go on with this. In verse 25, he said, therefore, because you can't serve God and money, do not worry about your life. I mean, you can just meditate on that statement all day. He's not saying be stupid, don't plan, don't buy a little food, a little water. He's not saying that because the rest of Scripture, you have to take all the whole to get the full picture. But Matthew 6.33. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We'll get there. Yeah. He's saying, relax. What, don't, don't worry about what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, so your clothes, your food, etc. He says, is, life, uh, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap. They don't work the fields as farmers. Nor do they gather into barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. They literally go out each day, Greg, and get what they need for that day. And God provides that each day. And again, it goes back to give us this day our daily bread. God is faithful to do that. He says, all right, if that's the case, are you not of more value than, than birds are? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a stature? In other words, if you over-worry about this, you can't change it. I can't worry about the digital system coming or the, the, the increased dictatorships that are coming. I can't panic about that and change it. So it's better to relax and make basic planning and trust God. Let's go on. So why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Again, like the birds, they're not working for what they're getting. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Again, you look under a a microscope at the beauty of the grass and the flowers, it's way more elegant than any clothing man could make. He says, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, you know, it goes bad and they use it to burn their stoves with, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles, or we'd say the unbelievers seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But first, but rather seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. How comforting is that? Mm -hmm. In other words, make your plans with the limited supplies. If those limited supplies run out, Jesus said this, I don't run out. I will take care of you. But how? He's God. He walked on water. He took the widow that, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, not Elijah, but um, Elijah, uh, not Elijah, but Elijah's helper. Uh, My mind went blank. Yours did too. That's oh, yes, okay. I did. Yes, that's okay. We're, but, but we'll think of it in a minute. You're all, you're yes. all out there screaming at your radio. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, he, he, the bottom line is he went to a widow that had only just a small amount of oil. He said, give me your what you have first that I can survive. And he said, then, after that, uh, you know, I'll, God will supply. And God gave a miraculous supply, the oil. Ne- Elisha. Elisha. There you go. I don't know why I couldn't get Elisha's oh, name. I, th- I was thinking you were saying Elisha's helper. I'm sorry. No, Elijah's, Elijah's helper, Elisha. helper was Elisha. Yeah. No, anyway. Okay. Um, so, so the bottom line is it never ran out. God did a supernatural miracle. And so my point is, and I've seen God do these miracles in my life. Here, here's the encouragement that we have in this, Marcel, and for all, all the others out there listening. Seek first the kingdom of God. He's promised if we do that. Yeah. If we put him first and seek him first, he said this, you will not starve. You will have a place to stay. God will take care of you. I mean, even if you're thrown in prison, you're not going to starve. Yeah. You're going to have a place to stay. So yeah. it doesn't mean you won't be persecuted. Yeah. What it means is God will take care of you. Yeah. Now, we saw this in the early church, Greg. Well, I want to tie this into the Roman government because this is the, the uh, setting this was written in. Remember the original Roman Empire. We already said it. That's when the church was born at the very beginning of the Roman Empire. It was only 30 years, 40 years into it, 50 years into it. But uh, think you know. about the context. You've got an established one world government. Yes. And the church is birthed in the midst of this tyrannical one world leadership. Exactly. And now what happens? Now we have the revived Roman Empire that we're watching happen in our day. And what's happening is we also are in the middle of that. So we can associate very much with the early church and what they were facing. Not quite yet, but we're getting there. And so the words Jesus spoke to the early church apply very much to us right now. And that is they faced it and God was faithful. We look back historically and we see how God was faithful to his church. God's going to be faithful to us. And Greg, there's almost a sweetness to that. It's almost like if we lose everything and everything collapses, I think you're going to see the church come together and serving each other and helping each other, not creating other uh, alternate financial systems or whatever. I don't think there's a way we can get around the way the world is is is, is set is, is working and, and operates. But they, they took care of each other. They loved each other. And, it's, and if this happens again before the rapture, and I think it'll happen after the rapture for sure, you're going to see the church coming together, loving each other, caring for each other, taking care of each other, and I believe watching some of the greatest moves of the Holy Spirit since 2,000 years ago when the church was established. Because when the church is in desperate need of God, that's when we see God move in the most amazing ways, pouring out His Spirit, providing supernaturally, miracle after miracle. I mean, it can be a wonderful time. And there may be, yes, there may be persecution in our future. That's true. 
But the early church faced it as well. And Greg, they were singing in the midst of yeah. it, rejoicing in their God. So, so we need not fear. We need to trust. You know, and also, too, you know, God will provide what we need to deal with the government. I, I, I'm reminded, uh, Maricel, about um, Jesus when he, when he and Peter had to pay the temple tax. Yeah. And Jesus told Peter to go out and basically go fish. Yeah. God supernaturally sends a fish to Peter's lure yeah. that has a coin in the fish, right. takes the coin out. And pays the temple tax. Right. God supernaturally providing what we need to basically obey the government. Romans 13 is still in effect. Yeah. Even in the even within the formation of this one world government, the, the balance between God's, uh, you know, rules for us or guide guidelines for us or regulations, whatever you want to call it, for us as Christians to live versus honoring the government that God is still sovereign over, and we Amen. can't forget that. Yeah. And the second thing is, is that remember when Jesus was, they were trying to trap Jesus, the religious leaders, and they were trying to get him to basically deny that Caesar was due his tax or right. whatever. And he said, look at this coin, yeah. whose inscription is it on? Oh, it's Caesar's. Well, then render the things that are Caesar's and render to God the things that are God's. Right. So basically, don't worry about it. Yeah. Just give to where it needs to be given. God will provide all things regardless of our wants and needs. Amen. And notice, and notice the focus here. He ran to Jesus. He, yeah, that's right. He, he sure ran did. To Peter Jesus. did run to when Jesus. Was a, what are we going to do? We have a financial problem here. <laughs> yeah. We have a financial issue that we can't, yeah. that I can't solve. Yeah. And what here, he ran to Jesus and Jesus solved it. Same thing here. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. We got a financial situation here. We may lose our money. It may go digital. We may do this. We may do that. Okay. Granted, that may happen. But the Lord can provide with coins in, in a fish's mouth. I mean, God is, is, there's no limit to what God does. And we can share testimony. I've got testimonies of you, things I can you, share you that sure are amazing. That God I think is, about your grocery store oh, testimony. Oh, yeah, just amazing. Yeah. God, things that God has just done for me that are supernatural. I think about, you know, other missionaries. I've heard stories where they had nothing to eat. They literally just, uh, you know, pray to God. We have nothing tonight. And God would have somebody just come by and bring food. I mean, one, one story after another. So it's scary because if we have depended so much on a, on a wealthy nation, and the fact that we can go out and get what we need, we've not depended as much on God. So it's a little bit scary sometimes now that we're entering into new territory where now we have to, you know, we're thinking we may lose all this. And if we do, what do we do now? We do exactly what the church has done really even before the church was born, what believers have done since God created the world. And that is we trust in our God. He promised he would provide and God is going to provide and God does provide. So again, um, Again, a great question, but again, it, it branches into everything, Greg, that's going to be happening in the world here in the last days. Yeah. And, um, you know, I kind of want to use this maybe to change gears and okay. kind of talk and, you know, shift into what the truckers are doing and seeing because this goes into this whole depending on God. What do we do? Um, last days, uh, remember, it's not only going to be the government clamping down, whether it be in our financial system or in other things like that, the mark and all these things on the way. But there's going to be total authoritarian rules. So it's going to go in line. So if we, if we have to trust God in, our food, our clothing, all those things, we need to trust God with everything else. And we do know that when this revived Roman Empire gets into full gear, at some point, this man's going to step on the scene. The rapture's going to happen, and this world leader's going to step on the scene. And Greg, you know, it's interesting, we don't have really a world leader right now. Throughout world history, you look, there's always been somebody most of the time. Now, I don't know all, all of world history good enough to make that claim, but most of the time, there's been a person that's been the main, somebody that's been a main leader. There's been, been a leader in the world among the nations. Can you think of anybody right now that has, other than evil people trying to do dictatorial things, can you think of any leader today that has any authority or power that's for, for the forces of good that's, that's in the world today for any nation? They're not there. They're not there. I, I, I would, I would. I, would, I guess I would say that the only one that is there is the one that we can't see, and that's the spirit of Antichrist. I would say that that is right. the, but, the but world leader is, at this point. But I know we're talking about a physical, well, there visible is no leader. no man the world's yeah. looking to right now. Yeah. Go, he has the answers. Correct. See, in the past, you've had presidents in America where people said they, they were the leaders of the free world. They did all this. We don't have that right now. Mm -hmm. We just don't. There's no, so the world is primed for a leader to step on the scene, and they're all going to follow him. And they're looking for someone who has strength. Strength and answers. You're exactly right. Now, 
In order for that system to be able to take over and control the whole world, there has to be an authoritarian mindset and rule in place and people willing to do it. Look what's happening in Canada. This thing that's happening where now Trudeau is saying he's done this emergency powers act to shut down these truckers. Greg, it doesn't even fit their definition of their constitution to be able to do that. He just did it. It's just an authoritarian, dictatorial move that doesn't even fit their own laws, but they're allowing it to happen. Our president called him. President Biden called him and said, you need to do this. You need to do emergency power. He's the one that encouraged him. And Trudeau said, I'll, I'm going to do it. They talked together about it. He encouraged him. That means that our president would be willing to do some type of martial law type things if it were necessary based on the constitution, even if it's non-constitutional. Here's my point. You're seeing the mindset of the revived Roman Empire, which was the time they had to depend on God for their finances, their food, their clothing, their water. It's happening. It's happening in Canada. We see the same mindset in America. We know it's in China. We know it's in Iran. We know it's all around the world, North Korea. And what's amazing, Greg, is when we've seen the oppression that's been put on people right now, like even the masks, they're saying they they now the reports have come out saying the masks have really done no good from the beginning. We now know that scientifically. Okay, I mean, over 400 reports of masks now that are out there that say we've done studies. They don't really do anything now. But but still look how people still run to the mask. Mm -hmm. In addition to that. There was a call, a, a university here in America this past week. They released the mask mandate, uh, uh, mandate uh, the vax mandate. And Greg, notice this. We talked about mass psychosis when you get people to go along with an authoritarian type rule where they're looking for a leader and yes, they'll do whatever they say. Literally, when they were given their freedom back, the students marched to go back under bondage. Wow. And asked the university to re-implement a mask mandate. Wow. Now let's look at the larger picture. Forget masks for a moment. You have a university in America that was set free that went marching to go back under bondage. What's my point? That was the, that's the mindset of a dictatorial country. But we're going to have a dictatorial world, and we're preparing a world to say, we'll come under your leadership, force these things on us, take our freedoms away, and we will follow you. We're being set up for the Antichrist to step on the scene, and we've got to trust Jesus in the midst of all of it like they did in the early Roman Empire. You talk about conditioning. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Conditioning. But again, revived yeah. Roman Empire. Again, the people of Rome. I'm not, I'm not, there's not some example I'm using right now to show that, but the point is they came under an authoritarian yeah. dictatorial rule and the people liked it. We're seeing that mindset yeah. being rebirthed as yeah. we should expect with the revived Roman Empire. And I think in, in, intertwined with all of this is another prophetic fulfillment that we see coming to pass. And that is the abounding of lawlessness and its mystery, the mystery of lawlessness. You know, why would you want to go back under something that basically was violating your freedoms to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just amazing. It really is. It's it's astounding to watch and astounding to to see what's happening. But Greg, again, we have to remember we're dealing in the spirit realm. This is the spirit of the age. Correct. And um, and so we can expect to see these kind of things more and more. The world's going to be looking more to come under the leader of a of kind of the authority of some leader, a ruler, and they're going to willingly give up their freedom. It's interesting. Uh, the Bible says that that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Mm. So whenever you see God on the move, you see freedom. You see you see walls torn down. You see veils ripped in two. You see all these things happening. But whenever the enemy's on the march, you see you see all kinds of opposition. You see all kinds of, of boundaries, all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, authoritarian rules and guidelines and these kind of things. And you're watching it happen. And but there's a mindset change that's again, we talked about that's amazing to me. And that is how people not only go along with it without Christ, but Greg, they actually ask for it. They actually promote it. And 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 it's done so. It's a blinding of the enemy. And again, we're going to see more and more of this. Where it's it's almost like remember we talked about the World Economic Forum and their video they put out saying by the year twenty thirty you will not own a home and you will like it. You will yeah. own nothing. <laughs> what they said is you will you'll own, own nothing. nothing and you'll like it. But think about that. You'll own nothing. We're all going to just everybody's coming together, kind of a worldwide yeah. socialistic type mindset yeah. again, which is going to become full authoritarian communistic mindset. And so that really kind of. But what do we do? Don't worry. Jesus said. I'll give you food, I'll give you clothing, I'll give you water. If you run out of all your money, I will provide for you supernaturally, even as the ravens did for Elijah by the stream in the wilderness. Amen. Pastor Mark, thank you. Maricel, thanks for your question. Don't forget the waymedia.net is the place to go under Signs of the Times. If you want to send in a question like Maricel did. When we come back, we're going to talk about a lot of earthquakes happening in Israel and what some people think it means prophetically when Signs of the Times continues right after this break. 
WIAMLP. 101.1 FM, Knoxville. It's Crazy Money Day. Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown. The Christian Post recently reported that a pastor in North Carolina pleaded guilty to tax and wire fraud. The man who earned a $400,000 a year annual salary was accused of committing fraud for a $52,000 loan from the government's COVID Paycheck Protection Program. He also failed to file timely income tax returns for numerous years and lied on at least one of them. In 2014, he claimed he earned only $66,000, but the IRS suggests that he had over $385,000 in earned income. He was released on bond and will be sentenced at a later date. The penalty for filing a false tax return alone carries a maximum penalty of three years in prison and a $250,000 fine. Like the world, Christians can rationalize our indulgence. Our affluence distorts our priorities, and we compromise truth in the deception of self-fulfillment. Paul told the Corinthians, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. The problem for many is that pride keeps them from seeing God's way out. They do what's right in their own eyes. Once a Christian becomes trapped by pride, he's of no service to God. He too easily gives in to temptation to elevate himself. To avoid this, we must make ourselves accountable to others. Now, if you're tempted to commit fraud because of your credit card debt, I recommend Christian Credit Counselors. They'll create a debt management plan just for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline. 800-722-1976 or visit online at crown.org slash ccc. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. You know, God isn't looking for bosses in the church. He's looking for leaders. Those that will lead from among the people that aren't trying to make a name for themselves, that aren't trying to draw attention to themselves. They just want to be where God has them. Now, sometimes you're going to have a responsibility that is going to put you in a place of prominence. You know, a lot of times you can serve side by side and sometimes you serve face to face. But it doesn't matter. Whatever role you have, it's been given to you by God. God has allowed you and it makes you no different than the day you were without the title. All it means is God has entrusted more to you, so be faithful with it. You can learn more at edtaylor.org. Grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus by visiting edtaylor.org. This has been a Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back to our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. These are the signs of the times for Friday, February 18th, 2022. Podcast number 203 coming your way later this afternoon, including the articles that we are going to discuss, but you can only get those at thewaymedia.net or download the Waymedia app and uh, go to the signs of the times section and it'll be under podcast 203. All right, let's go to Israel, Pastor Mark, and where we find Israel 365 News reporting a fourth earthquake hitting Israel in just one month. And then in quotes, it says, accelerating the Messiah's arrival. Yeah. Now, where do the Jews get this? We know that they're looking for their Messiah, Ben David, which we yeah. know to be the Antichrist. But is there something in Scripture that indicates one way or another that earthquakes would be a foretelling or would be the prelude before the arrival? Yeah, great question. Indeed, there is, but they have a total misunderstanding, Greg. Okay. They're looking for the first coming as the second coming. And right before mm. the second coming, there will be a great earthquake. First of all, let me read some of this article. Sure. It says, two earthquakes shook northern Israel within a few hours, bringing a total of earthquakes uh, this month up to four. Uh, Dr. Randolph, a seismologist at the Ge- Geological Survey, warned a strong earthquake is expected very soon because of the 100-year cycle. They had one in 1927, killed 400 people. 
And so um, what they say is this is uh, Hashem, that which means the name, that is how they speak of God, having mercy on us by speeding up the Messiah like he did at the end of Egypt. Now, hmm. um, so they're, here's the key. They're watching now. This is interesting. They're watching for the return of the Messiah. Or they're watching for the coming of the Messiah. We're watching for the return of the Messiah. We're seeing it as, okay, the rapture's going to happen. Then the Lord's coming back in the second coming. They're looking for the first time because their eyes aren't open yet. But Greg, here's where they get this. Out of Zechariah 14.4. Okay. On that day, he will set his feet on the Mount of Olives near Jerusalem, Jerusalem, on the east. Um, and on the Mount of Olives, it shall split across from east to west. And one part of the mount shall shift to the north and the other part to the south, a huge gorge. Now, this is talking about the second coming. Jesus will come back in the second coming. He'll set his foot upon the Mount of Olives and it will split and there'll be a great earthquake. And there's other earthquakes the Bible talks about in addition to that in, in relation to his coming. Um it talks about after the uh, witnesses, you know, the three, the two witnesses in Jerusalem, when they get resurrected, right after they get resurrected, the Spirit says, come up here, and in verse 13 of Revelation 11, it says, in the same hour, just think about it, they're, they're going to see that miracle of them going up. In that same hour, a great earthquake will strike the city, the Jerusalem, and a tenth of the city will fall, and 7,000 people will be killed. So you're going to see multiple earthquakes happening during this whole last house process, you're going to see earthquakes now leading up to it as we kind of get those pre-prophetic events taking place, which they're seeing now in Israel. Uh, but the difference is we see the earthquakes increasing for the second coming. They see it as, in their mindset, that this is going to be a big earthquake that means Jesus is here. Well, they, they, they don't realize they've got a lot of big earthquakes. There's going to be several that are going to be devastating in that region prior to Jesus. There's going to be this one where 7,000 die, which is massive. Then there's going to be the, um, the massive earthquake right when the Lord comes back and they're hiding saying rocks fall on us and all this. So mm. that's in Revelation 6, you know, and all this. So there's going to be a lot of, a couple of major, major earthquakes there in that area. They're just seeing it wrong because they don't recognize that this is um, going to be, in other words, they're right about it happening right before the second coming, but they don't realize that it's not showing anything um, they're missing the whole prophetic picture. Yeah. Now, aside from when uh, God caused uh, the shaking of the prison doors to open so Peter yes. could get out and released, in, it, it isolated things like that. Yeah. But as, put that aside for the moment, Pastor Mark, and let's think about the Scripture verses that the Bible tells us where God is doing the shaking, but he's doing it on a mass scale. Yes. Even the heavens are going to be shaken. Right. And the earth... It maybe explain for the listener exactly God's purposes is is this is this a sifting process in the in the last days? Yeah. You know, what side are you gonna be on? Are you gonna be in the world side, are you gonna be on my side? What's the point behind all of yeah. the shaking? It is gonna be the one, Greg, there in in the mid tribulation when the uh, two witnesses are taken up, it's gonna be just for that very purpose, to shake people up, to get their attention so they'll receive Christ before it's too late. Again, the Bible says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And the only things that can't be shaken will remain. Well, that is Jesus Christ. He's the only thing that can't be shaken. And those that put their hope in him won't be shaken. But yeah, he'll be stirring up Israel and the world with these earthquakes. They're happening all over the world. Yeah. But then there's that one where 7,000 die there after, you know, they're in, in, in Jerusalem. And then, Greg, the, the one you said comes out of Revelation 6, 12, where he opened the sixth seal. And there was a great earthquake. This is at the second coming of the Lord. Uh, the moon uh, was became as blood. Uh, the sun is black as sackcloth. Stars fell from heaven. Uh, fig trees dropped their like fig trees who dropped their lake, uh, figs when it's shaken by the wind. The sky rolled back. Every mountain and island moved out of its place, and all the rich men, great men, commanders, That's an mighty earthquake. Men, yeah, wow. they all hide in the caves. This is the second coming. Yeah. And that links up with Zechariah 4.4 when he sets his foot on the Mount of Olives. So that's the major one. And that, that really signifies this. When that one happens, it's like, time's up. Yeah. Time's up. I mean, we're done. Boom. And now I'm going to gather everybody and judge you. But the one that happens prior to that with the witnesses, that's still, hey, this is a heads up. So one's time's up, one's heads up. So we'll get the heads up and mm. we're getting other heads up leading into the time's up. So it's going to be that same process around the world, but then focused in some big ones there in Jerusalem. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, again, they're, they're seeing it as, and here's the thing, Greg, the main thing I want our listeners to get out of this article is this, the Jews in mass now are looking for their Messiah to show up. Forget the reason. That's the important factor here. God is getting them, even though they don't understand that it's the second coming and not the first, God is now getting them and, and the rabbis they're saying the Messiah is about to come. Well, that's perfect for when he pours out the spirit on them and they recognize the Messiah as Jesus Christ. Even as even as Satan is prepping the world 
as we talked about, for the revived Roman Empire and getting us all conditioned, God is prepping Israel and giving them the mindset and getting them ready for when the Messiah, when their eyes are opened and they know Jesus is their Messiah. And this is part of it, Greg. I believe that. Wow. And thinking, you know, that they're waiting for the, we know him to be the Antichrist, waiting for him to show up. Yeah. I'm also waiting for more stories to now circle back uh, and, and, and be new regarding the Temple Mount. Yeah. Regarding yeah. Regarding the, a third temple, wanting to build the third temple. And, and maybe this kind of stuff is what will spur them on to yeah. push even harder for a third temple yeah. if they think, we've got to get the house ready yeah. for our God yeah. to come. You know what I mean? You're right. And I think the Antichrist is going to use that as a bargaining tool when all this yes. stuff comes down because he's going to use that. To, to, he'll give the Arabs what they want or those, not just Arabs, the Palestinians yeah. what they want and the Jews what they want by dividing it up. He'll be making promises and they're going to go for it. whole lot of shaking yeah. still to happen. Yep. Wow. All right. Let's get into some wars and rumors of wars in Ezekiel 38 and 39 because... Yeah. We're seeing it all around us. Uh, this is from timesofisrael.com. Russia sending warplanes and hypersonic missiles to Syria yeah. for major naval drills. So Russia yeah. is not only amassing itself on Ukraine's border, but Russia's eye, or maybe there's a hook there that's still keeping them involved yeah. in the Israeli area. Well, what they're showing, Greg, is this is a much larger offensive and a much larger statement they're making to the world. You know, I'm looking right here at Fox News right now. Currently, if your TV's on, it better not be, because you better be listening to Signs of the Times. <laughs> but you can do both, like I do. It says jets, it says jets tanks, and missiles are prepped for attack, and it's a, a very dim uh, chance of averting, of averting war. But getting back to this, this is a statement by the Russians. Let me read it and tell you why it's a statement. It's huge, and it's, it's powerful. Um, it says the Russian military on Tuesday deployed the long-range com- uh, capable bombers and fighter jets carrying state-of-the-art hypersonic missiles to its air base in Syria. The long-range nuclear-capable TU-22M3 bombers and MiG-31 fighters carry the latest hypersonic cruise missile. Keep that in your mind. And they landed at the Russian air base in Syria's coastal province of Latakia as part of these drills they're doing. Get this. They have a range of 1,250 miles. They fly 10 times the speed of sound, so they're almost impossible to intercept. The deployment of these missiles appears to be intended to showcase Russian military capability to threaten the U.S. carrier strike group in the Mediterranean, while at the same time, the Russians currently have 30 visible Russian warships off the coast in Israel. Here's what they're saying, guys. Let me give you the picture. Yes, you've got the Ukraine thing going on. Why would they send it to Syria? It's a more centralized location of attack. Greg, these missiles travel 1,200 miles. They go at 10 times the speed of sound. They're almost impossible to shoot down. What they're saying is this. If we go into Ukraine or anywhere in this region, we just set up a battery of our best missiles that can strike anybody faster than you can think. You better not try anything against Russia or we're going to strike. This is a threat against America and everybody in the region just try and stop us. Or it's powerful, too. Or they've moved a defense system in into Syria to hold everyone back while they go into Ukraine. Yeah, well, I mean, there's no doubt there's a lot of things going on. It's multifaceted, Greg. Because NATO is going to be of no use. Yeah, you're right. It's multifaceted, but make no mistake about this. This is a power statement. This is almost like, how can I give this an example? This would be like saying, all right, your neighbor is is threatening you across the street going, I'm going to come over there and shoot you guys. And you walk outside and you put like a, a, you know, a, 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 a tank in your front yard and beside and load it and aim it at their house and beside the tank you set up you know what are all this military and they're gonna okay i'll put my pistol down now i realize what we're talking about <laughs> now america has big war weapons don't don't kid yourself well i realize that we have a still probably at least in what we have capability why the most wise the most powerful military in the world i don't know that we have the the ability to use it uh, but uh, with the current leadership or, or it, properly but the point is we have it what they're saying is they're making a big statement whatever we do we can strike anybody really fast and really hard and take you out. And so you want to start war? We're ready. Don't mess with us. And so what it would mean is, could America still stop them? Yes. But we would have to have the resolve to say, we're going to bring in the full force of the U.S. military. We're, we're able and willing to use uh, nuclear weapons. We will go to full-scale war with you if we want to. We're not. Go- they know we're not going to do that. They know we're not. So they have, right now, they're the bully on the playground. Yeah. They're they're the bully. You, in other words, they can beat up every kid on the playground unless the giant comes in and says, "All right, I'm ready to go to real battle." But they know that our president is not going to do it. The world knows it, and that's why, Greg, if Russia does move into Ukraine, 
don't be surprised if after the Olympics are done, very shortly, you see China move on Taiwan the way they took Hong Kong back and kind of got real control of it. And Taiwan as well yeah. in, a, in a military campaign. Don't be surprised. Well, Hong Kong going back to Chinese uh, rulership or, or sovereignty, that that was a planned thing. I know. I realize okay. that. Okay. But, but, but here's my point was this. When they took it over, they didn't allow it to continue as it was. Oh, right. They took it over authoritarian. Yes. It, they clamped down. Now, they're going to do the same thing except by military power against Taiwan, and they'll have all those regions under their authoritarian thumb watching this again revive Roman Empire mindset, spirit yep. of the Antichrist taking place. Yeah. I mean, again, this is a, this is, don't panic out there, you know, believers. Matthew 24, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. So we don't know what's rumors, what's wars. We don't know what's going to happen, but there will be wars. Yeah. And I think we're seeing things heat up. And, uh, you know, Russia is, again, he's a bully. Uh, they're flexing their muscles. They're not afraid of our president. Uh, they know we have military power, but they think our president's too weak to know how to use it. And they're going to take advantage over these next three years, as I believe China will as well. Get as much as you can while the getting's good. And if America goes under, that's all the better. Yeah. Well, prophetically speaking, that's why we have the leadership around the world that we do right now. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see when it comes to fruition. So... All right, uh, let's get into some pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. All part of the end times, fortunately, unfortunately. Uh, This also from Israel 365 News. An Israeli hospital is now revealing that vaccinated women are suffering stillbirths, miscarriages, and abortion. Not too sure how that factors into that since that's a willful decision. At nearly a 34% higher rate. Yeah, so please explain. I will. Yeah, their point here of mentioning abortion is not like the abortion we think of. This, that is the, okay. the, the baby is aborted by these purposes. These oh, reasons, okay. stillbirth, miscarriage, etc. Okay. Uh, but data releasing, and here's what's important now. This is from the Rambam Hospital in Haifa. So we're just, we're, you know, our goal here on the show is only to give you real facts that are backed up, and we'll have these articles on the website because there's a lot of stuff floating out there, and I want you to have the real evidence. Um, the hospital in Haifa shows that a stillbirth, miscarriage, abortion, they call it the SBMA rate of 6% among women who did not receive the COVID vaccine in comparison to an 8% among women who did, which translates into 34% higher rate of your baby dying than unvaccinated women. I don't say that to scare anybody. Matter of fact, it's, it's one of those things you almost even hesitate to say when these kind of facts and stats come out. But I think we have to for those moms out there that have not taken the shot or this kind of thing, or maybe they haven't had the booster or whatever, they might want to be, you put the brakes on to think about this because we are now getting numbers in showing it is affecting that baby in the womb. And the only direct relationship, Greg, is to the vaccines. You know, we had a very sobering statistic that's you're, you're hearing now it's starting to trickle out to the mainstream media. I think we shared it a while back. I started seeing it now more in the mainstream media where we're seeing among the life insurance companies a 40% increase in deaths of young people, 18 to between 18 and 54, I think is what it was. Um, and there is no common factor other than the introduction of this whole, you know, uh, vaccine. Yeah. And so, again, we can't come out and say, you know, that's what's doing it. Here's the point. We need to all slam the brakes on like we've been talking about here for a long time. We need to stop and think and have a discussion about this because something's going on that's not looking good and we need to be aware of it. And so when you see these kind of stats and facts and articles uh, that we can say, these are facts and stats. Listen, that 40% rate, that is a fact. That is a stat from the insurance companies. And how do we know it's a fact? Whenever you've got to pay out millions of dollars for people that have life insurance policies, you don't fake it. You know exactly how much you paid out. You know exactly how many died. And the 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 the, the scary thing about that, Greg, is that normally uh, it, it, they say a ten percent increase. If that ever happens, it's a two hundred year event. This is a forty percent increase in one year. I mean, this is this is like. Okay, let's all take a deep breath and think. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. But either way, I think our moms need to know these kind of facts. For, for as much as uh, many entities have tried to silence uh, an opposing viewpoint, uh, this brings in the old adage, money talks. Yeah. Uh, when an insurance company is hemorrhaging yeah. money at the rate that they've been hemorrhaging, guess what? They're not going to remain silent. They're going to talk. Now, Greg, here's the thing, too. Let's, let's, I want to, uh, again, kind of bring up the trucker thing going on in Canada and even what they're talking about here. The reason they're having this whole uprising is because what happened is Trudeau imposed a mandate on the truckers. They had to get the shots to cross borders and to travel and all that. 
And these guys, they're willing to say, you know what, we're, we're willing to lose our trucks, lose our jobs, lose the ability to take care of our family to do, we're, and, and shut down our nation. We're willing to do that, even face maybe jail, whatever comes with it, rather than take this shot. Now, why would you do that unless you truly believe with all your heart it could be a danger to your life? Mm-hmm. And, and again, a personal choice that everyone should have. It's not just about freedom. Yes, it's about freedom. But behind it, you'll hear them. The bottom line is they're saying, look, we're seeing some bad numbers and stats coming out about this whole campaign. We think there needs to be more time to think about this and assimilate this and work on this. And so the reality is we don't want to just jump in on it. We're willing to make a stand for our families. And that's, listen, it's sad to me that this had to start in Canada. This should have started in America. We're the land of the, you know, home of the free, mm-hmm. you know, land of the free, home of the brave. You know, we should have been the ones saying we're not putting up with this. And again, I'm not saying we shouldn't, uh, you know, get a, a a vaccine that was needed for whatever that's been approved or whatever. I'm not. That's not my point. But w- this thing happened because everybody thought worldwide pandemic. W- everybody may die. Now we found out everybody won't die. Yes, it's not good. Yes, a lot of people did die. But it's not like a thing where everybody's going to drop dead, and there are ways now to treat it where you don't even get to the point where you might die. We now have treatable ways to to save the population from this. Um, And they're still pushing this thing that now more reports are coming out that people are being damaged as a consequence from taking it. And now they're trying to push it on the children. I mean, Greg, this is like... Again, this is end times biblical type stuff. This is the spirit of Antichrist at work. It truly is. And we need to wake up and realize there is no reason. If our kids are not at danger of this uh, uh, virus, there is no logical reason whatsoever or scientific or medical that our kids should be getting these shots. It, the science is proving it, and we're I think we're just hurting the next generation by doing this. So I'm glad these truckers are making a stand, yep. and we need to make a stand here to say, wait a minute, enough is enough. We're putting the brakes on like those truckers did. They put on the brakes and put it in park. Yep. I think we need to put on the brakes on these shots, put it in park. Everybody stop and just think. Again, if we all have a big discussion, if we all look at the science and decide as a nation, this is a good thing, let's keep moving forward, then great. But I think we need to stop, put the brakes on, and look at the science coming out of Israel, coming out of all these things with kids now that are getting the shot. We need to look at this and then make a decision. That's my appeal. Pastor Mark, the Daily Mail is highlighting a study that's warning that more than a quarter of the... Now, keep this in context. Think about the whole world now. A quarter of the world's rivers contain potentially toxic levels of over-the-counter and prescription drugs, including antihistamines, antibiotics, and caffeine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So explain this. Well, this is prophetically, again, this could be prophetically a sign of the time linking into what we talked about. We just talked about, of course, the shots and all and the virus. The Lord said in the last days, remember, not only wars and rumors of wars, but you're going to see pestilences. And so we look at the virus, COVID-19, as a possible, I believe, a last day's pestilence, if you will. But, Greg, here's where this comes in. Let me read some of it. More than a quarter of the world's rivers, you said that already, contain this this toxic level, potentially toxic level. Researchers sampled 258 rivers across the globe. That's a lot, including the Thames in London and uh, the Amazon, not the company, but the river in Brazil, <laughs> uh, to measure the presence uh, of 61 pharmaceuticals that were found there. And the antimicrobial resistance, AMR they call it, occurs, is the danger of here, okay? It occurs when bacteria, viruses, uh, fungi, 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 uh, parasites change over time and no longer respond to medicines, making common infections harder to treat and increasing the risk of disease spread, severe illness, illness, and death. Here's the point. We've known for years that if you take antibiotics just for no reason— or you overtake antibiotics, and we prescribe too many antibiotics, that what happens is your body becomes so used to the antibiotics that when you get another bug, at some point, the bug... Your natural immunities are down. Your natural immunities are down. And here's the thing. The bugs, really, Greg, which causes part of that, the bugs adapt. When the bugs get in, they go, okay, I'm used to this antibiotic. It doesn't scare me. It doesn't scare me. (laughs) Because here's what happens. And so here's the danger. If you're getting it in your water... It's not a strong enough concentrate to kill the bad guy. So the bad guy's in there going, you don't scare me. You know, I'm a bigger bully than you are. Get out of here. You know, you're a little bit intimidating, frayer on the edge, but whatever. Uh, but um, you don't bother mm-hmm. me. And, and they translate. They change into a different bacteria, a stronger strain of whatever it is. So what happens is the more the world drinks all these diluted pharmaceuticals, yeah. the more these germs and bacteria adapt to these diluted pharmaceuticals, they become what are called superbugs, and then you can't stop them or kill them. Again, 
I don't believe you're going to see the world overtaken by that before the uh, Great Tribulation. But, Greg, this describes the kind of stuff you see in the Great Tribulation. The pestilences where there's no cure for them. Remember, yeah. these, these demons that sting men for five months, they try to die, but they can't. What are they going to sting them with? I know it's spiritual, but there may also be a physical manifestation. There's going to be illnesses that you cannot cure, so to speak. And this may be a part of that, where the world's supply is getting tainted, and it's going to taint the effective nature to defend ourselves yeah. against them. Absolutely. All right, Pastor Mark, our last uh, category of the day is the church. This is a real uh, puzzler for me as I'm reading the headline uh, from Christian Headlines. A Lifeway poll has come out to say that the pastors are proclaiming that racism is a bigger threat than CRT, which I'm sure means critical race theory, not cathode ray tube. It does. (laughs) uh, In churches. Uh, Sorry, that's dating myself that's all right uh everyone else is like cathode ray what's that man anyway so what what i mean first of all what first of all how can you even say if you're a pastor and you understand what the bible says about the human race yeah. how can you say racism to yeah. begin with let so me anyway. read it and then talk about it yes the survey released tuesday found that 48 percent of pastors say racism is bigger a bigger threat to churches in the united states while 29 percent said it's critical race theory 16 percent of pastors said it's neither and 6% were unsure. Uh, on another topic, nearly 9 out of 10 pastors um, agree that every church should strive to achieve achieve racial diversity. That's the shocking statement. I'm going to come back to that. We're okay. almost done. Okay. Most pastors say they preach about racial conciliation, reconciliation in their sermons. Greg, here's the reason I want to talk about this. And, and you, you talk about the church. We have the wrong focus. Much of the church has the wrong focus. God did not call us to focus on racism or social issues. He did not call us to focus on CRT. Now, in all fairness, they asked him, which of the two yeah, are more important? Sure. I get yeah. that. It was kind of a setup question. Setup question, yeah. But when they give the answers, what they're saying is we're talking about it on a regular basis. And even this statement here um, where they said, and I quote, every church should strive to achieve racial diversity. That's almost like saying you're picking people that you want to be at your church depending on their color. Jesus Christ picks his family because they're his family. He sends them to the church he wants to send them to. We are, this is not some kind of diversity organization where we want this many black people, that many Hispanic people, that many white people, that many whatever. We are the body of Christ. We don't care about what color anybody is. We don't care about what your background is. We don't care about your ethnicity. We care about you. We love you. Jesus died for you. And regardless of any of that, you are welcome. Yes, at Calvary Chapel and should be at any church. And so the the thing that really as a pastor, I guess, gets my ire up. And you can see I'm a little bit disturbed here. Well, I didn't uh, notice. Wow. Yeah. The okay. bottom line is, is the church should be focused on the gospel. Jesus Christ loving everybody. Quit worrying about what color everyone is. Quit worrying about everybody's background. Love people in the name of Jesus. And um, and so, again, I just shows you the state of the church. The Bible says there'll be a falling away in the last days. And I encourage our pastors out there that are listening in the body of Christ, let's get our focus back on the gospel and on Jesus Christ. Let's not get lost in social issues. Are they important? Yes. Jesus cares about everything. But the main focus is time is running out, and we need to get people in the kingdom of God. You know, I wish there was a statistic because our church is proof of it. Our local church here, Calvary Knoxville, the growth that we've had is in part from people leaving other churches because their sermons every week was on critical race theory or the environment environment or whatever the latest politically charged news story yes. was of that week yes regarding the police or people so let me have yeah, 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 Russia, yeah, but yeah. let me just say yes we we have grown exponentially because the people are leaving churches teaching about the environment and all the race issues they're saying we just want to hear the gospel yeah. and so churches preach the gospel now i wanted to kind of rush you a little greg there because i want to say this listen hey, this is your show brother well listen we have some people out there listening that are unchurched and you might not even know christ i know unbelievers listen to this show If you have a home church, forget this announcement, but I want you to know that we're going to be trying to reach the unchurched and those who don't know Christ coming up here on April 17th for our Easter celebration. We're going to be gathering at the Civic Auditorium downtown uh, next to the police station and the the, uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. Everybody in Knoxville pretty much knows where that is. It's going to be free parking. We're going to have worship by Terry Clark, who was the main worship leader for the Promise Keepers movement uh, a few years back. He's done also in Maranatha Music, was one of the main worship leaders for that. Uh, He's coming in to do our worship. And we're doing an outreach to try to reach, of course, our body's all going to be gathered there as well, but we're going to try to reach the unchurched 
And we're going to try to reach those who are unsaved. So if you are unchurched or unsaved, here's a personal invitation from me. We'll be saying this on a regular basis leading up to that. If you are churched, go to your home church. But you should be going more than Easter. You need to be in your church and loving God. But if you don't have a church and you're unsaved, we'd love you to hear about the hope of Jesus Christ as we gather April 17th at the Civic Auditorium. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Folks, thanks for listening. Thewaymedia.net is the only place you need to worry about. You can click on Signs of the Times, see our other content there. We love you guys we hope to see you back here next friday at 1 30 for more signs of the times worth sharing. So we do. It's a message worth believing. So 